This morning's scripture comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so send I you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, the disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. may be seated. Jesus is everywhere. And I got to experience that in a couple new ways this week as uh, I was thinking about the sermon. I, I had some, some brilliant stories and examples to share with you. And then Friday and Saturday came and, and what happened was I ran into Jesus and got to see Jesus everywhere that I went. Um, many of y'all uh, may know uh, Miss Laura Smith, who's one of our uh, most faithful members. Um, she worships over at our 830 service in Restore. And uh, several weeks ago, she invited me uh, to come to uh, her swim meet, which when I got there, uh, turned out was uh, the Special Olympics uh, sectional qualifying swim meet in Birmingham. And I got to, uh, to see her swim in several different races and get to experience uh, uh, watching um, just some incredible, incredible feats of athleticism. And uh, 
And, and what I experienced in some of those moments was uh, one of my best friends, Laura, who uh, she is so strong in uh, having to overcome some limits in her mobility. Um, but uh, you put that girl in a pool and uh, she can swim a 50 mile freestyle in 58 seconds. And she swam three more times that day and came in first place in every single one of those races. And it was just incredible uh, on all of the different athletes and all the different competitors just to see uh, just an incredible strength but an incredible joy and celebration that came with uh, these accomplishments that, that they were pushing themselves to just incredible limits and just, uh, just, just being uh, so, so incredible in their athletic gifts. And uh, Julie and I got to experience that for a couple hours on Friday and were just amazed at the way that we got to see Jesus in so many different faces. So then fast forward to yesterday. Uh, many of y'all know uh, Tiger Rock uh, Martial Arts, just right next door, about two doors down from our store building. Um, they have been growing at just a phenomenal, phenomenal pace to the point to where every time they have an award ceremony or they have a, a belt graduation ceremony, um, they can only fit about uh, 20 or 30 guests in, in their space. And so often students during their award ceremonies or belt graduation ceremonies, uh, family members would have to stand uh, outside on the sidewalk or even in the parking lot and just look through the, ga the glass as their students and loved ones were being celebrated. And, uh, and Rachel Myers and a couple other members of our church said, I bet we could probably help with that. And we went over and, and asked if we could open our doors to them and invite them to have their, uh, their award ceremony and restore on Saturday afternoon. And, and wall to wall, uh, about 220 people were able to come and celebrate the, the accomplishments uh, of all these martial artists. And, uh, and so I had a chance to talk to many of the families as they were leaving, just you know, congratulating them and wishing that they had a great weekend. And one of the students came up to me and uh, said, thank you so much for letting us do this here. Um, he said, we can only fit about 20 or 30 people in our space, and we've had to do multiple ceremonies in one single day in order to really kind of capture everybody. And he said, but it was really nice uh, to be able to get cheered on by over 200 people. And to be able to really experience that moment of everything that they accomplished really being honored in an incredible way. And I got to see Jesus several times yesterday as well. And, and in those moments, I was just really uplifted. Uh, I was really just kind of celebrating uh, their successes and being able to be a witness uh, to Jesus showing up in some incredible ways. But the more that I thought about it this weekend, um, I really only got to see the tip of the iceberg. I really only got to see the celebration. I really only got to see the accomplishment. Um, but I imagine that there was an incredible amount of hard work that went into what they did. From the swimming pool to the taekwondo mats, I'm sure at some point there was some adversity. I'm sure there were some obstacles that they had to overcome. And uh, for the first time, for some individuals to, uh, uh, to get into a swimming pool and have to uh, wrap their mind around kind of swimming out into the deep end, I imagine that came with a fair bit of fear and hesitation as well. Uh, every time a new student ties on a belt and they step onto a taekwondo mat on the, uh, facing a, uh, a competitor, I imagine there's a good bit of fear, uh, a good bit of uh, kind of hesitation and kind of rising to the occasion that had to come up. And, 
And, and I really just began to just imagine how much they had to do to put themselves on the limit of what they could do to be able to rise to the occasion and push themselves to be able to accomplish what they were able to do. And it was just an incredible, incredible moment to see how they've taken all of the fear and all the obstacles and all the struggles that they've done at that point. And we meet them here this last weekend to be able to celebrate just incredible accomplishments on the other side of that door called fear. Starting last week and for the next several weeks, we're preaching through a sermon series called Jesus Everywhere. And we're talking about uh, ways that Jesus appears to the disciples in the days uh, after the resurrection, from uh, appearing on footpaths from one town to the other, uh, appearing on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, uh, shouting fishing instructions that nobody really asked for, Jesus appearing in the upper room to the disciples and saying, peace be with you in the midst of their greatest time of fear. Jesus shows up in some awesome and incredible ways, but what Jesus does when he shows up and shows up everywhere we go is remind us that our lives are woven to the resurrection, that our lives have a purpose, that our lives have a future and a hope and a joy that is beyond the doors that we feel like are locked in our lives. And Jesus begins to celebrate a new hope and a new life and inviting us to walk into that life with him. And so as we encounter all sorts of struggles that we, that, that we walk through in this life, we're reminded that Jesus shows up right in the midst of them each and every time. In our scripture reading this morning, we come to the story of the disciples in the upper room. And in this particular evening, it is Sunday evening. It's the evening of Easter. So they have heard Mary Magdalene's sermon. They have heard the first telling of the gospel of Mary of, I have seen the Lord. They've heard the reports of, of Peter and John and their foot race to get up to the tomb and, and seeing the linen wrappings and uh, stepping in and seeing a space where they expected to see a body and now an emptiness and a void and a stone that had been rolled away. So you can imagine in that space as they gathered in that upper room that, that there is a swirling of emotions, that there is a tension that is wrestling between uh, the rumors and the echoes of, of this hints of the resurrection that they've heard so far, uh, but only one of them has experienced to this point. Uh, this mystery of a, an empty tomb and a stone that's been rolled away, and, and yet they've yet to really lay their eyes on their risen Savior. And in this tension, as their fears and as their anxieties begin to sort of wrestle and mingle with their celebrations, but they're not quite sure what happens next. It says that as they gathered in the room, they locked the door. And it says that they locked the door out of the fear of the Jews. The community leaders and religious leaders and uh, political leaders at the time almost to say that they're so afraid of what they've just seen Jesus go through with his arrest and his torture and his execution, that they're so afraid that the very same thing can happen to them. And so even in the hints, even in the rumors, and even in the first stirrings of the resurrection, of hearing the gospel, of, uh, of seeing the discarded linens, that he is risen, I have seen the Lord, they still lock 
the door. But Jesus is everywhere. And without knocking on the door, without turning a deadbolt, without finding a hidden key, all of a sudden Jesus appears in their midst. And of all the fear and of all the tension and the confusion, and as complicated of the layers of emotion you can imagine in that room, Jesus has the audacity to first say to them, peace be with you. And that's Jesus' message another two times after that through this scripture. Peace be with you. And all of what you are afraid are on the other side of that door. As much as I have moved away the stone from the tomb, you will eventually have to come on the other side of that door as well. Because our life is now tied to the resurrection. And Jesus begins blessing them, and, and Jesus speaks words over them. And he says, as the Father has sent me, now I am sending you. And the first step is going to be unlocking that door. And walking into the things that you are most afraid of in life. And walking into those things that you think are too scary and too big and too complicated. And all the things that have always crushed us time and time again. Walk into those because I am now with you. That greatest fear that you have, that you'll be treated exactly the same way that Jesus, that I have been treated, Jesus says, now I stand before you in life, risen and resurrected, and I will be with you. So the Father has sent me, I am now sending you, sending them to the other side of the door. But then Jesus does one of the most unexpected things. He shares John's moment of Pentecost with the disciples. And he breathes on them and invites them to receive the Holy Spirit. Now, in the calendar of the church, uh, typically we observe Pentecost 50 days after Easter. That's where we get the Penta. So 50 days after Easter, we will gather together and we will read from the story of Acts of once again the disciples uh, gathering together in an upper room. And we will read how the Holy Spirit comes with a rushing wind, with an announcement of, uh, of, of an explosion of sound and of language and of voices that all of a sudden all the languages of the world will start to ring out proclaiming the gospel and telling the story of Jesus. And some of us have had moments where our fears are conquered in tremendous acts of bravery, in tremendous sounds of the spirit of power, of strength. But hear John's gospel as well. In the Pentecostal moment of receiving the Holy Spirit, sometimes that strength and that peace that we need comes with a whisper and a breath. <clears throat> of Jesus reminding us, of everything that you are ever afraid of in this life, I am here with you. That you will never be alone in this world. And is calling us to the other side of the door. So Pentecost and receiving the Holy Spirit is typically marked as the birthday of the church. It's the moment where we receive our mission. 
It's the moment where we receive our purpose to go forth and tell the story of everything that's happened. To proclaim that there is life, that there is hope, that there is resurrection. It's our purpose that wherever we go from where we are right now, even to the furthest corners of the world, in the darkest, most hopeless, and joyless situations, we can now go and appear in such a way to bring peace. To bring a breath of life. To bring hope and joy in even the most difficult of circumstances. And we, when we show up in the fearful and the hard and the difficult times, and we still have hope and we still have Easter and resurrection on our lips, then that becomes a testimony that there is something greater in this life than fear. That there is life. And that gets to be our story. That gets to be our gospel and the truth of our salvation. And if you look at the top ten fears that Americans have in the United States, they're all fears that are about a loss of control. They're fear of illnesses, fear of mass uprisings, fears of random violence, fears of loss. Uh, surprisingly, not to ourselves, but loss to those that we know of illness or sickness. There are things that we cannot wrap our hands around and we cannot fix on our own. We are so afraid of the loss of control of what lays on the other side of that door that we lock it for the fear and the hope that it will never reach us. But the truth of the matter is, is as Jesus says, I have rolled the stone away as a proof of resurrection that we need to open that door in order to carry life into those fears, into those situations that we feel like we can't do anything about, but we move into a world and a life where Jesus says, I am making all those things over again. And I am making them into a world where there is no more death, where there is no more tears, where there is no more war. I am making it into a life where we get to be alive with God forevermore. And we share that joy and that hope because our lives are now tied to the resurrection. It is now woven into the very fabric of who we are. That we are the very children of a risen God. And we get to go and to share that life and that grace with others. And sometimes that first step is the hardest. Sometimes that first movement into what we're most afraid of or what we've been avoiding or locking the doors on is that toughest step. But you can begin to see the echoes of resurrection in life when that first timid step is somebody jumping into the deep end of the pool or tying on a new belt to face an even tougher competitor, an even harder fight in front of them. And even the disciples that we here today gather and our next step is to walk outside those doors and share our story with the world. Amen and amen. amen. Will you pray with me? Almighty and gracious God, we give you thanks. Lord, we give you thanks for not only your resurrection, but the fact that you appeared to us. 
That you spoke words of peace and of life where we were still afraid. That you showed up even in the midst of our hiding and reminded us that there was still more work to do. Lord, that in our struggles to find hope or to find joy, remind us that Easter is tied to our lives now. That resurrection is our story and the breath breathed over us. Jesus' love for us did not stop at the tomb, but now shows up everywhere. Especially in our fears. As we take one step forward this week towards you and towards a new life as you make all things new. Amen and amen.